We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our Conversations here with Dan. Happy post-Thanksgiving week, you know, and all. Hopefully, y'all had a good holiday. Um, <coughs> as always, <coughs> i just like to remind people... If you're out there watching and listening, and you could spare a moment to give us a review on either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or the various places you listen, it really does help, and uh, it's very useful for people to find this program. Uh, Fun story real quick before we get going. I was actually walking just out in the neighborhood back and forth doing some things, had a guy stop me in the parking lot, goes to another church in town, and he was like, you're Jed from the conversation with... Dan and Jed stuff. And How about that? I don't know. He said he watches every week. Somebody recognized you. Somebody recognized me walking around. Did he say, why don't you trim that beard? Or did, no. he, did he not say that? No. no. I knew that was going to okay. come up. <clears throat> but anyway, it's always neat to hear from people that are watching it, you know, and they're not just a member at Broadway or one of our friends or something. It's just people who have found it in various I ways. I went to the pharmacy, and the pharmacist said, I watch those conversations on the website. So there you go. So they're spreading out there and we're very thankful for those of you who are watching or maybe you're one of the ones who share it with someone. Uh, But if you could leave us one of those reviews, it will help it keep getting out there and we can continue these conversations. So for this week, uh, building on several things that we've done in the past, we got this question. Uh, A lot of times we talk about the Sunday morning worship service as the assembly, okay? And so they replied back and they said, if assembly is reference to the Sunday worship that includes partaking in the Lord's Supper and all those sort of things, do those same rules and regulations apply to other gatherings of the church? So I'm assuming they're meaning like when you get together on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night or if you meet on a Tuesday for a Bible study, do the same rules about Sunday worship apply? The, the question is somewhat difficult because let's let's start at the beginning. He mentions okay. the assembly. Mm-hmm. And there are there's one very, very clear passage in the New Testament that is about the assembly, and that's first okay. Corinthians chapters eleven through fourteen. Mm. And there, starting in eleven seventeen, <clears throat> pardon me, several times, if you read through there, he says, "When you come together, right? When you come together." And and he even says, I think it's fourteen twenty three, when the whole church comes together in one place. Let's see. And, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And so he again he repeats it in fourteen twenty six, when you come together. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Four or five times in chapter 11. It's a couple times in chapter 14. Clearly, that whole discussion in there is talking about what is supposed to take place 
mm. when the church comes together. One of the things that's supposed to take place is the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. He mentions singing. He mentions prayer. He mentions the preaching or teaching through whatever means in, in those things. And he mentions whatever gifts you have, that you should use those in the assembly in a way that's profitable for the whole assembly and not just... Right. For you, mm-hmm. uh, everything should be done in love and for the edification of the church. Those are some biblical outlines for the assembly. He mentioned something about the role of women in the assembly, and are they not supposed to preach there? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another passage about the assembly, I believe. It's in 1 Timothy 2, 8 through 11, and we've mentioned this passage before. Paul is giving some order for the church at Ephesus. And he first says, I would, therefore, that the men should pray in every place, lifting up holy hands without Mm. wrath and disputing. Well, one of the reasons I think he's talking about the assembly there, and when you contrast that with the role of the women and so forth in the following verses, is because he mentions the lifting up of holy hands. And we've mentioned this before. Right. In, In the Jewish literature, in the rabbinic literature, in the Mishnah, that is a phrase that was used for the prayer leader in the synagogue assembly. He okay. was the guy that went up front before the ark and lifted up the hands and led the congregation in prayer. So that passage to me seems to be talking about conduct in the assembly. Mm-hmm. And I'll try, to, I'll try to link to some of these previous discussions we've had yeah. if people want to dive further into some of the references you're making. Now there's another passage that's a little more obscure that seems to deal with the assembly. Okay. And again, we know that the ancient church came together or assembled on the first day of the week. We have Acts 20 and verse 7, Mm -hmm. the disciples came together. That's that same phrase that's repeated in 1 Corinthians 11 through 14. Right. And he describes that assembly on the first day of the week. Um, We also know, with very little information... That, um, for example, in Acts 19, Paul taught daily in the school of Tyrannus. And I've forgotten the verse, but you can post it on the screen. And um, he, he taught daily in this school, and some were Christians, some were not. Mm-hmm. That probably wasn't a worship assembly. Okay. Yeah, that's 19.9. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, the other scripture I was going to go to, and then we'll try to finish answering this question is Romans chapter 15 and there Paul was dealing with two different cultures of people Jews and Gentiles who were all members of God's church and were having a hard time culturally getting along right and starting with about verse 7 he says accept one another as God as -hmm. Christ also accepted you to the glory of God Mm mm-hmm and then pick it up there in verse 9 and just okay. read a little bit. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Drop back to verse 5 and 6. Okay. So starting in chapter 15, verse 5. Yeah. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in my translation, and I'll have to check the Greek text, it says, with one heart and one mouth, Mm. you may glorify. And if you keep reading this context, here's Jewish Christians, Gentile Christians, maybe separated 
And he says, I want you to worship together with one heart, with one mouth, with one voice, as yours puts it, Mm -hmm. glorifying God. Well, he's talking about singing together in church. Mm. And if you go down to verse 9, read 9, 10, 11 there. Okay. And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people extol him. All right. So you see in verse 9, for example, in the quotation, mm-hmm. I will praise you among the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So the Jews and Gentiles are going to sing together. Right. I will sing hymns to your name. Well, you go back to verse 6. With one mouth and one heart, mm-hmm. you praise God together. So okay. this context shows that we're talking about a group of people gathering together, singing and praising together as yeah. they did in the assembly. Okay. So this isn't rules for the assembly, except there's supposed to be unity and, and um, uh, how would we say it, um, total participation of everybody. Okay in the assembly, singing and praising together with one heart and one mouth, which is a lot like Corinthians, where they had a divided Lord's Supper, and he wanted a united Mm -hmm. Lord's Supper, and he wanted them to do things together for the benefit of each other. So those are some rules of the assembly. So so are we saying one of the... One of the general unifying themes of any worship service, be it Sunday or a gathering on a Tuesday or whatever, is going to be a unity of spirit and still under the headship of Christ? Sure. Okay. But the thing is, most likely, notice how I don't just nail that down, but most likely these passages deal with the Sunday assembly. Okay. Okay. Now, there are other passages, for example, in Acts 2 and so forth, that talk about uh, disciples um, met from house to house and shared meals together and talking. Certainly, they mm-hmm. they talked about God and they prayed and they maybe sang together in those places. And we don't know what all went on in those places. Mm-hmm. However, the other half of this question, which you and I talked about the other day, yeah. is... There's really two separate things here. There's the assembly and the regulations, the few regulations we have for the assembly, which are in 1 Timothy 2 mm-hmm. and in Romans 15 and in 1 Corinthians 11 through 14. Right. We actually have a few regulations for the assembly, things we should do, how they should be done in unity and order and all that kind of stuff, yeah. who should speak and not speak. We have some of that. Okay. But beyond that, there's not a lot of... Mm-hmm. Regulation. Um, there's, but, not, there's not anything that says, now, if you happen to meet on a Wednesday night <coughs> every week, this is what you should do. No. <laughs> but I think it is a mistake to imply or infer mm-hmm. that God's instructions for order in the Christian gathering would not apply in other circumstances. In other words, we wouldn't have to be unified in those, or we wouldn't have to do things yeah. in an orderly manner, or we yeah. wouldn't have to... Now, we do know that they took the Lord's Supper on the Lord's Day, and we don't have any indication that they did it on any other day besides that. But worship goes beyond the assembly. Okay. Um, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are some things that we do that are worship. And as you and I talked about the other day, there's about 20 different Greek and Hebrew words that yeah. describe worship. And I think that that's where we could get into a lot of discussions about, like, 
continual worship or individual worship. Yeah, what is worship? But we're going to try to contain it to, to like if a group is gathering for what they might deem a study or a worship service yeah, or well, whatever. Well, I don't want to because. But I want to. I know you want to, but here's the reason. <clears throat> because I can worship mm-hmm. God on my own, by myself. Yeah. And the assembly is designed, the Sunday assembly is designed for two purposes. It's designed to worship God and to edify each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But worship, if you start back in the Old Testament, is a specific attempt on the part of an individual to reach out and touch God mm-hmm. in such a way that pleases God. For example, in Cain and Abel, worship was an offering. Mm-hmm. The word there means a gift. It's something I'm giving from me to God. Right. Okay. So I'm purposefully, intentionally giving something from me to God. It can be my praise. It can be my thanks. It can be my money. It can be whatever, you know. Right. Uh, Another thing is in Noah's case in Genesis 8 at the last, Noah made an offering to the Lord and he worshiped God. The word there for worship is olach, which means to send up. Hmm. So I'm sending something up, literally in smoke. I'm sending it up. Hmm. But when I decide I'm going to worship God, whether it's in the assembly or out of the assembly, I'm sending something up from me sure. to God. <clears throat> in Genesis twelve eight, Abraham builds an altar between Bethel and Ai. Mm-hmm. And there, the word there, in that spot, mm-hmm. he calls upon the name of the Lord. Yeah. And so another word for worship is uh, karah, which means to call out to God. It's right. like, you're, here's Jed. Jed says, oh, God, it's me, Jed Lovejoy. I want, I want your attention, and I want to talk to you, and I want to connect with you in a very personal way. And I want you to accept me. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. So that's the essence of what Abraham did. But notice that he did it in a specific place, at a specific moment, with specific intent. Mm-hmm. He, it wasn't just all of his life. It was at that place, at that moment, at that time that he stopped and he worshipped. Yeah. He called out to God. <clears throat> so we give a gift. We send something up. We call out mm-hmm. to God. Okay. In other places in the Old Testament, um, you know, I will enter his gates with trend, uh, thanksgiving, thanksgiving in my, my heart. heart. I will enter his courts with praise. Mm-hmm. There's a word, uh, kara, I think it is, which means to draw near. Mm. And the word draw near means <clears throat> in this moment, in this time, <clears throat> me... Not geographically for us, but yeah. I'm actually going to try to come near to God and enter into his presence in a special way at this moment of time. Yeah. See, Now, to the Jews, they would literally make a physical journey from where they were to the tabernacle right. and draw near to God physically. Yeah, and they have <laughs> psalms that kind of illustrated that journey they were making as Absolutely, their pilgrimage. Yeah. And But we make a spiritual pilgrimage when we purposefully and intentionally hmm. take a moment in a particular place and time to draw near to God. Now, that's not saying that we have to have a special place in our house that's no. set aside for it. No. But it's just, 
It's not a haphazard, well, I guess I'll talk to God right now. It's, well, no, it's even if you decide to talk to God in your car, you're still intentionally at that moment yeah. deciding to connect with God. Okay, so anytime you pray, as we have prayer all the way through Scripture, mm-hmm. Daniel, whether he's praying from his room or in the lion's den or wherever, yeah. that is worship by biblical definition in the sense that it is a place, time, momentary, intentional attempt of a person to reach out and touch God in a way to be accepted by God. Okay. And we find that in old and new. Now, So it's like prayer, song, discussion. Yes, yes. It's not necessarily... So I think what you're getting at is we're trying to establish the baseline for what worship is. Yes, and I think a lot of people are very confused about what is worship. They think worship equals the assembly. Mm. That's not true. Yeah. We can come to the assembly and not worship and not encourage our brothers and sisters, which are the two purposes for the assembly. Yeah. But we can also worship individually, independent of the assembly at different times. Every time we decide to sing praises to God, every time we decide Mm -hmm. to uh, pray, every time we decide to uh, whatever, you know, we to teach God's word or whatever, we're we're. We're trying to reach out and touch God. So just for clarification and maybe to kind of keep it moving, we're first of all establishing that Sunday assembly, the worship assembly, is firmly established. And there are some rules for it. And there are some rules for it. But there is generalized your daily worship that can happen anytime you decide to approach God. Intentionally. Intentionally. Yes. Okay. And there are certain rules, if you want to put it that way. I don't like that. Well, I know. I don't care. <laughs> there are certain biblical teachings, put it that yeah. way, that govern prayer. Yeah. When you pray, Jesus said, don't do it to be seen of men. Enter your closet yeah. and do it to pray to your Father. But that's prayer. That's worship. But yeah. it's individual worship. And again, it's more the heart attitude you have than prescribed pray this way. Right. Yeah. Right. And and But... Even then, he told us who to pray to, and he told us, you know. So there are some regulations. Now, so since we're told to uh, to sing, and we're we're given Mm -hmm. instructions about singing and the assembly and all that kind of stuff, should we then infer that none of those instructions were outside of the assembly? I don't think that's a legitimate inference. I I think that's really where they're driving at. There's... the question is probably something along the lines of, and if this wasn't what you intended when you sent it in, I yeah, apologize. We apologize. Clarify but, with us later. Yeah, um, but I would take it maybe if we rephrased it to be, all right, if I'm going to have a worship gathering with some friends or other church members on a Tuesday night. What, like you're going to have some couples over to your house and you're going to sing and pray instead. Yeah, it's, yeah. so you know, are there things that we could or couldn't do based on the fact that the assembly is happening, so to say. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. In, in other words, um, if you're going to pray together and praise God together, then um, does God's teaching about the headship of man over woman, does that just go out the window since you're not in the assembly? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Does, does the fact that instrumental music was an Old Testament temple worship and never was authorized in the New Testament, does that mean now that when you're in your house you can praise and worship with guitars? I don't think so. Hmm. Because we're still, you're still reaching out to God 
trying to be accepted by God according to the way that God has asked to be hmm. approached, even though you're doing it in your house. However, okay, I want to hear the turn before I rules. <laughs> if you go to um, the idea of the women speaking in church, uh, teaching, um, it says in First Corinthians fourteen thirty four and thirty five that if she's with her husband at home. Mm. There's, it's a different different situation where they can yeah. talk freely with one another. And also, in Acts 18, the last part of Acts 18, you have mm-hmm. an instance where Apollos, who was a great speaker and teacher, was teaching but not exactly teaching things the correct way. Right. So a man and his wife, Aquila and Priscilla, took him aside and taught him more perfectly. So the three of them sat down around their table or whatever and they had a Bible study together and they talked and there's no indication that Priscilla didn't talk right along with the rest of them. So there was a Bible discussion where everybody was participating. Yeah. And uh, so in that case you see that the same rules that are in the Sunday worship assembly didn't necessarily apply, I think. Mm. So Cause I, and this again there's nuances. Right. And trying to pull this out to where maybe people walk away with, okay, here's a further thought I could have on it or something, or yeah. a question I might have. Some people get uncomfortable, for instance, when you have a small group gathering, you know, and it's couples getting together to study the Bible at some point during the week, and they're like, you have some people that the women are like, no, I'm still never going to say anything. And then there's others that... Well, that's the same the, way in Bible class, and women speak up in yeah, Bible class. And sometimes, you know, one of the ladies has, has a deep thought on this or they want to read a you know a poem or a passage out of another book they've been reading they want to bring their thoughts and their pieces to it and some people get really uncomfortable with that but there's nothing that we're reading in here that says no you need to feel uncomfortable or i don't stop any of that from happening i don't think so yeah um i do think that we ought to think twice about um the women being the conductors of the studies and the ones that are that are in charge of the study, if anybody's in charge, because we have those stipulations elsewhere. Um, however, I don't think that applies between a man and his wife, you know, a family at home, mm. those or if things. Or a couple is leaving it or and whatever. And there's, there's judgments made by us that are... We don't have clear-cut instructions. Yeah. But... A Sunday night service, that's pretty close to <laughs> to what we're doing on Sunday morning. And, you know, but then you're three couples at home around a table. That's quite a ways from it. And so, again, you're making judgments along that line. And yeah. we can't clearly pontificate on all those. Yeah, and I was going to say clarification on judgment. Maybe that's your own personal decisions right, there, right. not necessarily casting judgment upon. Right, and, and okay. what we're saying is that... We need to try to respect Scripture in everything we do, but we have to make some personal judgments in some of these situations where the Bible doesn't directly speak to that mm. issue. Yeah, and I, I already know there's a lot of things in there that I would like us to branch off on, but go ahead. we'd go for so much longer. <laughs> so I need us to stop. We can, we can branch <laughs> off later. We probably can. <clears throat> yeah. It may be one of the, these that if you have specific things, like you've heard us or you have other questions, send those in this week, uh, and we may hold off a week to do a, a, a continuation of this one. 
because it does have so many nuances to it. And ask, ask your specific question that you want to have discussed, and we'll yeah. try to get into it. Because this was one that it was pretty broad it when was. we looked at it. And, and so, maybe the person had something specific in mind, but we couldn't tell exactly what that was. Very true. Very true. So if there's a specific thing you would like addressed that would help in your context, whatever that may be, you know, we'd love to discuss that. And if it's very private, you know, we've had messages sent to us. Sure. We don't mind replying in private to people, you know, if it's something that you're like, I'd rather not y'all discuss it and go on the wide web. So. (laughs) And and one more thing that we might just prod you with. I, I think it's really worth discussing this question. What really is worship because Mm. I really feel like there's a lot of lack of understanding on that out in in the world that people are viewing this from and so if you have some specific questions about that that would be really good maybe I'll let you talk more about it next time whatever (laughs) as always he tells me what I can and cannot do <laughs> we're again, we're thankful that y'all are watching and tuning in or listening on the various <clears throat> podcast stations and keep sharing, keep commenting, and we'll keep doing this discussion together. Sounds good. Y'all have a good week. Bye. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.